What's up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I am Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records, joined by my co-host Nate Holt, Astrology's Music. What's going on, Nate? How's everybody doing? And our guest, Jared Fulton, tonight, uh, talking about the band Dead Minutes and the album Tigerfish. What's going on, Jared? Howie, Nate, what's good, everybody? Good to be here. Listeners, you may know Jared from lots of different places. Um, he's worked with too many musicians to name, some in the Lawrence scene, some elsewhere. You know, I don't even know where we'd start. Um, start on the list. Um, so maybe Jared, to get us started, you know, talk to us a little bit about Tigerfish and who's involved in Tigerfish and how the album came to be, because we know that's kind of a special story. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for uh, letting me share this story. It's one of uh, my favorite musical moments in my life and just one of my favorite personal uh, moments being alive. Um, as we all know, we lost our dear brother and friend, Isaac Deal, about a year ago. And um, this is a project that I wanted to bring out to the public to honor him and to show this other side of Isaac that a lot of people might not know, the, the Bob Pollard side, the, uh, the rock side. Um, a lot of people know Isaac is a genius with hip hop and beats, lyrics, art, all kinds of mediums. But a lot of people didn't know that he had a big heart for rock and punk and lo-fi and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so the name of the band is called Dead Minutes, and it's because I used to have a studio in Lawrence called Mixtape Sound Lab. And Isaac would be up there all the time with us, and whenever had a you know whenever bands weren't there, we had dead time. He called it Dead Minutes, and after he after we had some conversations and shared some records, and we both figured that we figured out how many um, rock influences, indie rock influences specifically, we had in common. We decided to start writing some jams. And so over the course of like 2008, like time there were dead minutes, we would just get in the studio and I would write a riff or he would write a riff. And uh, usually like songs were like written and done in like an hour or two. So it was like Bob Pollard style, just fire up the mics, don't worry about fidelity, just capture the idea. And um, it was really cool. So like mixtape was like a family affair. We always had people coming in and out. And so, like, um, Nate was a part of it. Uh, he played some keys on a couple tracks. We would have Dash Williamson, our good friend, come by, maybe throw some bass down. Jake Hersteiner would come in, throw some bass down. This is also around the time that Isaac was starting to uh, pick up the guitar. So we were definitely all encouraging him to, like, follow his heart with that. And uh, it was just amazing to watch Isaac, like, pick up the guitar. Like, in a month, two months later, he was, like, coming with full-fledged songs multiple chord progressions like he was just it was just amazing to watch like his his growth on, on that instrument so quick he even played some bass and of course he wrote all the lyrics and it was is the main singer on the project um and jared lee who we're going to hear from in a little bit um later ended up adding a bass line for us for a song we never got to and uh yeah i don't want to jump too far ahead but yeah it was just a project that was just for isaac and i and for the homies that would come in and out and uh, yeah, we, I always wanted to put all the demos out as one collection, so Tigerfish was born. And uh, that's a fun story about the album name, too, because Isaac named that, too. So all of this is to honor our dear friend and our brother, Isaac Deal, the mighty, legendary Isaac Deal. Mighty, I love that. And that, 
the name of the project or the group dead minutes that's so evocative because i knew i knew exactly what we didn't talk about that beforehand but like i knew that was exactly what that was going to mean and there it was um (laughs) super super evocative awesome yeah you have the instinct for that man you nailed it should we jump straight in nate what do you think or do you have do you want to talk about uh mixtape or dead minutes or yeah we can jump right into it uh, I've got it right here. The first one is uh, Harmonics Shorty Spice Edit. It is, it is a short <laughs> song. Uh, here we go. Sick Nick. Next year I'll be swimming It's mine, no fears I don't give them enough Capsize, coast clear, one week left And this time, heads here We'll be spinning, so let's go Yeah, it's better time to be spent with Yeah, I'm never right Get up, get in and go Yeah, it's better time to be spent with Yeah, I'm never right Get up, get in and go Get it right, I've been going for you <laughs> yeah, huge, huge. Gutted by voices, like spiritual influence. I mean, it doesn't. It sort of sounds like that, but like the the feeling, the off the cuff, the short song. Yeah. We wanted to pioneer a new genre of music called micro arenas, which is the name this song is called. So we basically, when we first started, we wanted to have like an album of forty like one minute songs. Uh, but we never got to, we never got to finish all those. <laughs> what? So what? I mean, you started recording 2008 or so. You said, yeah. What? But obviously, the project didn't come out till this year. So, what? Did it sit for a while, or were you always kind of tinkering with it, or? How did the well? So we one one day, like Isaac and I had this idea to like bring Nate up and uh, our intern at the studio at the time named Joaquin Minter, who's an amazing musician. And we all sat together for five minutes and came up with a song. And Isaac heard it. We took like a two-minute break, and uh, he wrote lyrics and came back like five minutes later. And that's going to be the song anthem you hear. Everything you hear was done on the spot that never got touched again. None of these songs ever got addressed again. Like once they were recorded, they were done. And that was all by Isaac's design. Um, And yeah, so like we had that song I just spoke about come out on a comp that Marty Hilliard put together from uh, Cowboy Indian Bear and Ebony Tusk. Put out this comp and he had put that song on there. And that kind of fueled Isaac and I to like keep doing the demos. And so the end goal was to always have an album, flush out a real band, do every song that you're hearing in a more real live way with the full four piece or five piece. But uh, yeah, it just ended up being a collection of demos that didn't really see the light of day until recently in an official release and just shared privately between friends and family, really. Hmm. And, uh, 
our our co-host whose return we anxiously await Royce did the master is that right absolutely yeah so I had all these uh, demos um, there's 20 songs on the record 16 of them um, are as they were on my hard drive in 2008 and thankfully I found those um, with a little help from our mutual friend JMO, he found some others, and then I raided some old hard drives and found four more, and just bounced them as they were. Did not do anything else to them. Then uh, Brother Royce came through with the master to make sure everything was cohesive and tight. Uh, but I asked him to please not colorize it, just kind of just make sure it's listenable, and he nailed it. He did a great job. Kept the uh, demo vibe intact for sure. Yeah. This song is real special to Isaac. He was a very big, and my, myself as well, Jeremy Enoch fan. Stayday Real mm -hmm. Estate, of course, too. Um, so this was kind of like our Jeremy Enoch channeled song. And we had just met him like the night before downstairs at the Bottleneck. The next day, we we're like, man, let's write an Enoch kind of jam. And that's where this song came from. <laughs> nice. I hear that, but I wouldn't have placed it without the story, you know? And that's another good example of like, I love those kind of writing exercises because almost always listeners can't tell what the exercise was. They just hear it as you, you know? That's beautiful, but we weren't afraid to like uh, wear our influences on our sleeve. If someone picked up some SDRE on here, we'd be flattered and honored by that. For sure. Um, but made no, we, I mean, when we started doing these, these demos, we were very blatant about the fact that we were channeling Bob Pollard as best as we could because that's just that's who we were. Cause it's, yeah, it's outside of Archetype, you know, where Isaac and I played together, Bob Nez and everybody. It's all hip hop and beats world. Like, Isaac and I were listening to the replacements and the Who and Guided by Voices and all kinds of stuff like on repeat, all the just natural. That that's that's the sound we wanted to uh, create again. Lo-fi rockers. Don't overthink it and just have fun together. So what were you using to get those guitar sounds? Uh, so um, in the spirit of just firing up the faders, firing up the mics, and just going and not overthinking it, uh, that's that's me on guitar on this song. That is like um, an acoustic guitar. I wrote that riff on real quick. And then all the guitars that you hear, man, I kid you not, they're all coming out of a Line 6 pod, a desktop Line 6 pod. No reamping, no cabinet, anything. Just like straight to the Trident soundboard. <laughs> just pod to the console. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. We were, you know, we were, you know, for, um, you know, so Mixtape, where we were at, you know, was a proper recording studio. But we yeah. weren't going through the outboard gear. We weren't pulling out the best mics. When it, when we were recording these songs, it was all about the vibe and the moment. And he did a very good job of making sure I was never over mixing or mixing. Like, as long as I wasn't in the red, I was happy. Uh, and if it was in the red, he was happy. So <laughs> seriously, like, all techniques out the door for these demos. It was just pure brotherhood and vibe and fun times. Had you ever worked like that before? Yeah, sure. Like growing up, learning stuff like that. Um, but like, I kind of had to unlearn when I did these when the, when I did these projects, um, and turn off any gear nerdery or anything like that, and just capture the moment. And uh, that's what Isaac was about. And I'll always be indebted to Isaac teaching me that when you're in the moment and you're chasing right, vibe, right, you don't 
find yourself chasing the demo later and like remixing everything, just just capture it as it is, don't overthink it, and that's how it was supposed to be. But again, these were just demos. We wanted this to be the for the record we were gonna re-record with like the Nate in and Dash in, forming a band and hopefully play live and tour and all those great ambitions. Um, but he would never think that far. Uh, he would be like, let's just get these demos and if it turns into something else, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's the plan, but I'm not gonna overthink it. We're just gonna write. Um, this song called Anthem, as you're hearing it now, it was written five minutes. Like we all got in the studio, mics were live. The song you're hearing was created. This, this five minutes was just created on the spot. And that was the last time and first time it was ever played. And it was just all one improv vibe. And uh, I'll always be so proud of this song because it was like the song that started all of Dead Minutes off. That's my brother Nate Holt on the keys right there, Joaquin on guitar, me on drums, Isaac on beautiful vocals. And uh, yeah, this was just all done in five minutes. And that's how Isaac works. He can just come together with something so correct, so quick and so fast. It was so fun to watch him do that all the time. This song's very special to me. you can't know you are all I need I hey I love that drum sound man thank you man that's one mono overhead that's it uh, actually that's crank through the distressor I, that's on nuke mode on the distressor I do remember that um, but yeah this is like this Neumann capsule type of telepunkin type of mic um, but this is a song that uh, was on that Marty Hillard comp I forgot what he called it. This is a song Marty put out. I'll try and find it for the notes. Oh man, if you find it, Howie, that's awesome to see that again. You can reach out to Marty too. Sure, yeah. He I can yeah, copy. Marty. Yeah. So at the end of this song, you can hear Isaac ask all of us, did we like that? And uh, I think that's the coolest thing. Like, hey, you guys like that? And it was like, you could see him gaining confidence that he could just sing and rock out. Um, yeah, it was just such a beautiful moment. You hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that kind of stuff. I mean, that's some days that's like the whole reason we do any of this, right? Is to capture that kind of stuff for a while and and be able to share it. Absolutely. I've uh. Lately, this is like a little in the weeds, but like lately I've been thinking about why, why I record and why I put so much like time and energy into, into doing music. And I mean, yeah. there's a very functional sense in which um, just enjoy it, number one. It's 
to create it's like a good mental health thing number two but like in terms of the bigger you know thing i have no illusions that my recordings will last forever you know or or be listened to a hundred years from now or anything like that but I still think it's valuable to do because it, it lets someone, you know, a friend, someone I know more than likely, it lets you share a moment asynchronously, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't there in mixtape when that jam went down. Yeah. But because the mics were on, here we are 15 years later, I can listen to it and feel a connection to it that wouldn't be possible if those mics hadn't been on, you know? And that's that's yeah. valuable. Even if it doesn't last a thousand years or a hundred years or gets heard by a million people or whatever, like... Sure. I still think that's worthwhile. But everything you just said. Like, if you're a creator, like, we're... we're I, in a spiritual sense, I feel like creators are called to create. We were created to create, and it's the passion that drives us and regardless if anybody hears it, we have to commit it to tape because that's just in us. I think if that's the starting point, origin of the reason that you're recording at all, I think that's one of the purest, most true sense of recording. And um, I wish everyone could feel that feeling that we're describing right now. Yeah, that's one of, I think that's one of my favorite songs on the record. And it's only like, how, how long is that? Probably a minute or less. That was one yeah. of the mi- original micro arenas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, all it is is just tension and build up. I love it. Oh, I, yeah. I I wanted that song to build up and keep going. He's like, no, 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 no. It's done. <laughs> I love. It. Yes. But so this song was recorded one night. It was like zero degrees. We, we came out of like the replay lounge and we're like, let's go warm up at the studio. Um, Dash picked up a bass and just fired this riff out. 30 minutes song, as you hear it now, is done. <laughs> and you were basically mixing on the fly, is that right? Yeah, because I'm playing the drums on everything, so I'd have to just set levels and run the other room and, and, and go. So I had no clue what was hitting the board half the time. <laughs> and then you didn't do much afterward either, right? Because you're basically finishing the mix right after it went down. Yeah, because like Isaac just got it into my head. These are just demos for us. So I had no problem just letting it be memory for us to draw from later. I didn't think anyone would ever hear these songs. I never did. And we can cut this if this is too personal, but did you talk with Isaac about releasing them or did you decide that after he passed away? Well, um, no, that's a great question. Not too personal at all, Hallie. Um, uh, I I gotta be honest with you. I feel like I talk with Isaac every day. I have a picture of him, um, to be honest with you, right next to a little small thing of his ashes his sister gave me in my kitchen. I see him every day. 
feel close to him all the time. I feel him smiling on me all the time. So when it came time to honor him like this, I uh, contacted Mary and uh, Noah, his brother and sister, and they were they gave me the green light to go ahead and do this. But as far as Isaac specifically, um, yeah, we had many times where it was just like, we should just put out the demos as they are and just write a whole new batch. And so like, I know he would have been totally happy um, with this coming out the way it is. And uh, specifically the way it is, like, didn't tinker with it. Like when I found these other songs, the four songs I found, I, I just looked up and I told Isaac, I'm not touching anything. And I just bounced the, the, bounced the track, you know? So I tried to stay true to my word that, like that. And uh, yeah, I think Isaac would be really proud. I, in fact, I feel like I felt him smile on me about this album before. So um, yeah. It's just a special thing. I mean, honestly, it's one of my favorite things I ever did musically, just because the vibe and the friendship is so strong. Um, I like, and I'm just so glad to share that with the world. <laughs> I'm glad we had 20 songs to share. I'm glad you decided to share them. Thank you. Yeah, and I actually like this sequence scene with his brother Noah. Like, we went over everything, and Jared coming up did all the artwork for us his, with his amazing Pollard style collages. And uh, yeah, like it's been a family affair. I tried to bring in everybody that I could to uh, bless this project proper. Sure, that makes hey, uh, you're that's, on this that's one too. awesome, and that's, that's yeah. This is so another weird. one of my favorite songs too. Like it's like it's totally guided by voices. Mate, do you remember recording this? Because remember, no. set up. Yeah, you're gonna hear your keyboard a lot at the end. Your robes at the end. Yeah, wrote this song in five minutes. It was recorded like 20 minutes later. <laughs> I love your keyboards, uh, your rows at the end of this, Nate. They're so pretty, man. Definitely anniversary inspired. In the reverse. <laughs> Perfect. Jared, were you playing drums with anyone else at the time? Or is this like your yeah, main Andrew, like, drum outlet? No, I was playing full time with Archetype, Andrew Morgan, uh, Joe McGuire. Um, it wasn't Aperlicious yet. It was Pleasure Maker then. Um, man, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was full time. I mean, I was playing a lot, a lot of pickup bands that we'd like get together at Fatso's, our, uh, our dear friend Gavin's place. We do a lot of improv, jammy kind of stuff down there, live drum and bass stuff. Like, but yeah, uh, multiple drum gigs every week. I look forward to them every week, man. It's fun to stay busy. And a lot of session work, just, you know, being a drummer and an engineer at the lab, like, uh, that would keep me busy too, but um, man, I love playing for dead minutes. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's always fun just to I love, crash something out, yeah. Yeah, I love being Isaac's drummer. I mean, like, I 50, 60 archetype shows with Isaac, and I love, I have the best seat in the house getting to watch Isaac do his thing every every night when we do that, when we tour, if it's just regional or local. Hi, buddy. Say hi to everybody, buddy. Song. 
he wrote he wrote all the lyrics of course wrote these he wrote the riffs um it to me i recorded it recorded the drums again it'd be a broken record but 30 minutes later this song is done that song another uh definitely can hear the uncle bob in that one yeah for sure tell the story about this one if you want <laughs> yeah please um yeah so we were joking around if we were to write a comic book what would it be called and he asked me and i told him let's write a i'd write a comic called man in the underwater world <laughs>
you can fade out if you want to. This is one of the longer tracks on the album, ironically. <laughs> right when we're at this part. Well, sh I mean, shit. The, whether this gets edited or not, I'll just say, so like, that's why the na this, uh, this name, this, this song is called that. And uh, he was like, I don't want to do any lyrics on this song. I just want to give some like nice reverby vocals. So he just kind of sat there um, with the mic right through the reverb unit and just kind of did some ambient vibe stuff. I loved it. So it's kind of like an interlude. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect halfway point. Listeners, this has been the Long Play Listening Party. We will be back at you next week with part two of Dead Minutes album Tigerfish and more with Jared Fulton. And we will welcome Jared Lee to the show. Until then, it's been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody. <laughs>